let's face it, with this lineup that the Bruins have and all this free agents they signed, one, one, one year, one million, one year, one million. This is not the end of the line for guys that get no. sent to Providence. Not at all. Uh, there, there's, there's, if, you know, I mean, the more movement that worse the team's playing, the worse the, bad, the worse the situation the season's starting to look. I get yep. that part. But uh, they're there for opportunities and they may still get them. We'll see. Hawks with Ags is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my stuff at joehaggerty.substack.com, writing daily about the Boston Bruins. Obviously, I've also got the podcast here on the CLNS Network. And uh, per usual, we have him on as a pretty regular guest, my buddy Mick Collagio. Mick, thanks uh, for coming on the show. And tell people where they can find your work right now. Okay, so... um... I am now uh, have revived my old rink wrap blog that once Love upon it. a time was hosted by the Standard Times in New Bedford. But since we have no official relationship anymore um, and they don't do, do blogs anymore, um, I've revived it independently and I can now be found at rinkwrapmc.com. And, uh, and I link to it on, on X formerly known as Twitter on a regular I'm going to still call it Twitter, Mick. I'm, I'm not uh, bowing to Elon Musk and, and calling it X. So feel free to call it Twitter too. Yeah. Or just X Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or Twitter X, whatever. Uh, but uh, thank you very much, Mick, as always for joining us. Let's give a quick thanks to our sponsors, Factor Meals, America's number one ready to eat meal kit, uh, delicious meals uh, ready in two minutes. Uh, made by chefs, uh, healthy meals. My wife loves them. I think they're tasty too, even though they're healthy, which is always the challenge. Uh, so check out Factor Meals. And as always, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, right now, $200 in bonus bets. Uh, win or lose when you place a $5 bet. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston. Get all the info. Football's in full swing. So get on your FanDuel uh, account and get going. Um, Nick, well, let's just dive right into it. Um, where this is going to be a, a podcast we're recording on the weekend. So it's right after the Flyers Bruins game. We've seen a few preseason games now under the Bruins belt. We can start to make some evaluations uh, on what we've seen. Just anything that's on your mind uh, after that Flyers game about what you've seen to this point uh, as, as training camp started, sort of hitting the middle uh, portion rather than the beginning. Uh, yeah, Matt Patra. Uh, the Bruins made him, he was one of the players the Bruins made available after last night's game. It was obviously past his debut, um, put a couple in the net, yep. um, including a hilarious goal. This was the funniest moment of last night's game, just as an aside. Joel Farabee. Just an absolute frozen pizza. <laughs> I he, mean, makes, he makes this lazy play. Just I a total leave pizza. The puck for his defenseman. Yes. Um, what's his name, Igor? Something. Yep. And uh, I, got, I can't remember the last name. I typed it last night successfully, but I, I can't remember it now. Anyway, Pasta just decides to, well, I think that one's for me. Yep. And he goes in there shootout style, kind of slows down where he drags one skate on a yep. toe. And and then he just deftly, you know, tosses it over the glove side. And oh, Farabee was right in front of the benches when he threw that frozen pizza right in the middle of the ice. So I'm sure he heard it from both from, from well, the well, he, side. Here's the best part. This is the best part. Farabee skates to the bench, to the gate, the far gate near the blue line. Yep. Goes right down the runway. Oh, yeah. 
like he had been handed a game misconduct. He just yeah. kept walking and disappeared out of sight. It was hilarious. Yeah, I'm sure he snapped would, a stick against the wall and was going uh, nuts in the runway. There's no question yeah, about that. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was really great. Just the whole <laughs> scenario where you, you make that kind of a turnover. You know, towards his evil stink eyes looking down from the ninth floor. And and you're uh, thinking, oh god, you know. <laughs> so off he goes. And, and if, to his credit, Farabee scored a goal in the game. He had a bunch of battles with Brad Marchand. It wasn't a, like a terrible game for him, but that was no, just embarrassingly that was a terrible bad moment. Yeah. Preseason yeah. turnover. There's no yeah. question about it. Yeah. So Potter, I thought, I thought, uh, well, the Bruins, you know, they were being outshot eleven to one when the Flyers finally got a goal. Uh, they they stunk the first half of the first period. They really picked up their game over the second half, maybe the last eight minutes of the first period. But I thought that it was the first time I thought that Potra looked to me like he was uh, feeling a little beat up by the whole experience. And um, and and his third period, he had a play uh, where he had the puck probably less than 10 feet inside his own blue line near what would be the right point for the Flyers. And the puck was on his back end and, he played it like he thought a train was coming. He tried to lift a little backhand out of the zone. And the puck, I don't think, traveled six feet. It went three feet in the air and nowhere. And the Flyers, and it was a turnover. And I'm thinking, like, wow, there was nobody there, and he didn't know it. That's, I mean, when people talk hockey IQ, awareness, all this stuff, not on that play. He comes back later in the period, kind of late in the game, actually. He was out there with Marshan, and he puts the puck off the boards to himself, skates inside. Barely wins the race, which was good. Gets to the corner, battles. Doesn't fully win the battle, but by then Martian's on the other side of the battle. They wind up getting the puck, and you know Martian is. Get it, relay it, boom, boom. Now all of a sudden McAvoy's bearing down right point like that, that, that. And and uh, yep. it was really a good play for Potter to bounce back with. But overall, I thought his game looked a little tired. I agree. Uh, definitely. There were points where I thought not even tired, but just, I think maybe a little overmatched uh, by the bump up in intensity, physicality, like all of that stuff. I, I think he looked a little more like he was 19 years old to me uh, in this game, but all that being said, he still almost won it in overtime with a backhander to hit the post. Uh, he made a great play uh, that almost won them the game. Um, yeah. So, so, so he, he competes. Yeah, and the skill is definitely there, and the offensive no upside, you know, and the ceiling can't be denied. But yeah. to your point, he was five for sixteen in the faceoff circle. Um, you know, as a squirts coach, the play that you're talking about, I'm getting on my squirts players, my ten year olds, when they try to make backhanded plays in the defensive zone, you know, and and trying to get it out uh, using their backhand. And I want, you know, even at that level, you want them making strong forehand plays. You don't want them trying to you know, flip it out uh, right up the middle of the ice. So like, you know, that's the kind of thing. And this happens a lot of times with the OHL guys where they are so good at that level, they can get away with certain things uh, that once they get to a higher level and they get to the NHL, they they need to cut a lot of those bad habits or those kind of plays uh, out of their game. So that's definitely part of it too. And, you know, I, I think this is just naturally what happens. Like this is the circle of life, the flow of uh, existence in the NHL and training camp is, the 19-year-old kids look very good their first couple of games out, and then as the games get ramped up, as more NHL players get in the lineup, as it gets more physical, more intense, more like NHL games, you start to see some of those chinks in the armor, and you start to see some of the flaws in their games or the things they need to work on. Yeah, yeah. or what what's or making develop, them... Or develop from. Yes, or what's making them not quite ready to come out of the oven for the NHL yet. You know, he needs to go back uh, to the OHL. That may be, and this, and this is a snapshot, so I want to be fair to him. He's yeah. had a good camp. 
Yes. Uh, I have not been disappointed at all. No, I he's just been feel like I just feel like last night was a, maybe a maybe a hint of a reality check. And but I but I do want to see him again and see if this is a trend or yep. if it's a or if there's a pushback game coming from him. Because I've felt like going into this whole thing that that this kid was ready for his nine game uh stint and yeah. to see what he can do with it. And because then you get the long, longer view of that same snapshot and, and yep. try to get an idea where he is. Uh, but boy, the kid can play. I think he's the real deal. And it's just a question of whether or not he's ready. Yeah, he doesn't get a, a, a you know, a chance uh, centering Brad Marchand for that game last night if he hadn't looked very good to this point in training camp. You know, they're not going to put him in that position unless yeah. he's shown enough that they feel comfortable putting him there and putting him with 63 and see what it's going to look like if he were uh, centering in, in uh, a line. Yeah, because he, because he and the breast need a center. Yes, he they is. do. And I mean, and now they, uh, they have a plan, but, uh, but I guarantee you it's in pencil. No, of course, because they need a center with skill. You know, Brad Marchand wants somebody that can get him the puck that can play with him intellectually, hockey IQ wise. And, you know, Patra has a lot of that stuff. Like, he you does. know, he's got very much the good intangibles, the hockey IQ. He sees the ice really well. He knows how to make plays like he, in theory, he'd be a great fit. It just looks to me like, and I expected this to be the case, he's not quite physically ready to do it yet or or uh, mentally ready to do it yet over the course of an 82-game season. Maybe he gets that look like you're talking about. I'd even be surprised if he gets the nine-game look to start the season. I think he may end up being like he'll come, he'll be all the way through camp and then be uh, one of the last cuts. We'll see. I but, think he's uh, closer than Joe Thornton was in his 18-year-old season. Totally. Um, but – I also think that, you know, that was one-way traffic. He, that was a big kid who needed to grow into that big body, and and being around the big team made sense. Yeah, I'm he looked like sure a big St. Bernard puppy out there, Joe Thornton. That's, that's right. Yeah, a little late to the party and a little too friendly. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's very anyway, true. anyway, but it, yeah, so it's a different situation and a different strategy if if they feel like, but I, I, I have a good feeling that he's going to get his, what is it, eight, nine games that they're allowed to look at a guy before you, you burn a year of his, um, of his uh, eligibility to, uh, for, the, for the, uh, the age requirements yes. for UFA. We do have Factor Meals uh, to help us out. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit when it does get busy, when it does get crazy, when we do need a, a quick meal. Uh, they fuel you up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Takes less than two minutes to cook them. They're fresh, never frozen. Meals ready in two minutes, like I said. Uh, they have calorie-conscious options going upscale with some of the things they're offering now, like surf and turf, surf and surf meal options, roasted garlic filet mignon and shrimp and Cajun spiced shrimp and salmon, which is like right in my wheelhouse. This is the kind of stuff I'm all about. So it's got everything for everybody. Uh, there's 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options for meals. Uh, you can get snacks, you can get breakfast items. Like it's 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 a great deal. Um, so if you want to get Factor Meals, uh, go to factormeals.com/hags50 and use the code hags50 to get 50% off of your fir first box. It's a great deal. Uh, you know, I I've tried it. It's fantastic. I recommend it to you. We love these ready to to make meal kits especially when we're, we're on the go with our kids. So one more time, that's factormeals.com slash hags50 to get 50% off your first box. You won't be sorry if you go to Factor Meals. It gets the hags thumbs up seal of approval.
And you knew last night watching that game, it, it was preseason. It felt like preseason. And that uh, play in the third period where the Flyers got the tying goal, Jeremy Gosher, I don't even know who he is. I don't know if he's related to Dave. I don't know what his story <laughs> is. But he beats Kevin Shattenkirk and Brad Marchand in one-on-one battles for the puck and then throws that puck up the middle to Bobby Brink all alone uh, for the yeah, game. Bobby Not Brink, was a, he was a nifty player there. Yeah. That kid that kid had a – and, you know, he reminded me of the uh, the kid that they played against the other night, Benson. Uh, he yep. had like that ability to do very uh, mature depth. They look kind of Merkulov has that too. Well, I looked up Benson after the game because I was fascinated and I didn't know he his family has, is a traveling carnival family. They own like a traveling carnival in the summertime. So he wow. spent his entire life traveling around to Carney's in uh, Canada, like setting up the carnivals, doing the, like the, uh, you know, the fried dough stands, like all that stuff. While he was doing hockey camps all around Canada, he would do hockey camps like during the day, like uh, these, all these spots around Canada. And then at night he would be working the carnival with his family. So that guy, that kid's a fascinating story. And I, I can't wait to hear more about him because he can so play. He, so. so he's going to play for about 18 NHL teams then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <He'll be laughs> and then the he can work in the Ferris the wheel afterwards if, he does, if it doesn't work. If he ends up yeah. in the coast, he can go back to work in the Ferris wheel. It'll be no he'll be, the, he'll be the Mike Schillinger of the 21st century. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I was impressed by Bobby Brink. I actually looked him up last night, too, because I, I didn't even know he went to the University of Denver. He wasn't there when Monty was there, but um, definitely an impressive player. The Pi- uh, Pioneers alum, he had a good game. He looks like he's ready for NHL action. Um, you know, a couple other things from last night's game. I do agree with you on Patra. That was one thing that I mentioned. The face-off thing really stuck out to me uh, as something uh, notable uh, and worth looking at, uh, in addition to some of the other plays he was making. Um, Anthony Richard also got a top six look uh, in the, Richard, excuse me, got a top six look, six look in that game last night uh, with Pavel Zaka and David Pasternak. No shots on net, really didn't crack the box score at all, except for a minus one in about 11 or 12 minutes. So it feels like he got his look last night after he looked fast and looked pretty good in training camp and, you know, really didn't do much with it. So he's another one that I think had a chance to maybe show something in that game last night and didn't really, uh, wasn't. And I don't think they were looking at him the way they look at Patra. No, not I at think all. It's kind of like looking at the pretty girl and saying, yeah, she is really pretty. And then yeah. is the then is the other one that kind of makes you fumble and bumble and be nervous, you know, <laughs> and yep. and, uh, and and really I think that uh, in the case of uh, Rocket Richard, uh, you do remember that on Nessa, right? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> a few, few sideline reporters ago. Um, <laughs> so uh, she will live on in infamy. That Rocket Richard, you know, she took a header at the at the Bell Center after making that report oh, and geez. tweeted about it, and uh, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the forum goes surreal. So, so, uh, any case, uh, um, but yeah, I thought that that was, I think you're spot on about, about Richard there. I think that that was a reward kind of opportunity. A lot of guys in these situations, we want to see everything. We want to see more of you right here. We want to know if you can make it. And then there's, you deserve this. It's, you know, like I think Loco, I get some, you deserve this kind of uh, stuff after, I mean, he got his clock cleaned. He's hung in there. He gets up, he tries to fight back and takes another shot. You know, I mean, that kid is tough. He's super tough. And he's going to go, he's going to get, and this happened in Providence, he's going to get some injuries along the way because of the way he plays and because he's that tough and because he's pretty fearless. He like, skates low too. If you see him walking around the locker room, he's not as short as he looks on the ice. No, he it's just, true. He's a, low, he's a low skater, a little like Ted Donato. You know, Ted, Ted Donato was like, his back was always parallel to the ice when he skated. Yep. You know, other people are more straight up or angular. 
Um, but 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 Loco's so down there that you'd think he was like you know Steen size or something. When you, um, I shouldn't say Steen size, you should say height. Hey, Steen's Steen's legs are like uh, like tree trunks. Quadzilla. Maybe maybe some people should be skating a little uh, more uh, with uh, their backs down like that, like Logo, because he's one of the fastest guys out there every single time he's played. Yeah, you know? it works for him. I mean, there's always guys like you. You're an ADM now, so you know about this thing yep. about technique and all the edges and all that stuff. And you're teaching kids, and that's great. Yep. Um, love what you're doing. Uh, but but there's like you know, I remember Dave Forbes in the '70s. His feet were so far apart; it was hard to imagine he was going to be that fast. But he was wicked fast. And uh, one of the fastest guys the Bruins had. And, uh, you know, and, and then there's other guys who who skate more like that video of the guy coming right at you with a skate touches down in the middle and slowly goes out to the side. Just different styles. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM 1234. Finn played uh, for this top speed hockey team. Uh, it's a summer tournament team in the summertime. He played in the um, the CCM summer invite tournament. It was a triple A summer tournament, like awesome teams. One of the kids on his team was a kid from New York. Very good player. I think he was from the um, mid Fairfield uh, Connecticut team who they have some very good club teams out there. The kid had the widest base when he was skating, as far as his <laughs> setup goes, but right. he was flying. I couldn't right. believe he was that wide with his base, and he was, like, the fastest yeah. there. It was it's fascinating funny. to me. I don't know yeah. how he was doing it, but, like, yeah. it, was, it was amazing to watch. I know. I can't. I can't. When I skate, I, I don't want to be that wide. I, no. like, it, I do find, though, that if I get myself down a little bit and just get my, my butt a little closer to the ice – then suddenly I'm taking my corners and I'm picking up speed. That's all of a sudden feels a little scary. You know, it's kind of like the first time you, first time you drive, drove on the highway. sort of exactly. So, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, but Luch, one of the things I noticed with him was when he got back here after all this time gone, he still has that running start. Yep. He skates, but he doesn't take nearly as many lightning fast steps is you used to just see his feet disappear under him with, you know, the a little like a cartoon yep. as he'd go up the ice. And now it's more like you can actually discern each push, which means that, yeah, the old guy's slowing down a little bit. He still tries to generate. He's probably getting better at generating off each stride, but he definitely doesn't burn as much fuel getting <laughs> off the ground as he, as he used to. He's conserving. He's, That's all right. We want to see that <laughs> at his age. That's fine. Um, Another guy that played last night and has gotten uh, a bunch of looks here in the preseason to date, uh, Mason Lowry. Um, 
maybe just your thoughts on him to this point and what you noticed, if anything, last night. I, I continue uh, to like what I've seen. Uh, I thought he looked very good with Carlo uh, in that Buffalo game, even if it was 25 minutes instead of 29 minutes, as it was mentioned in the, the game sheet. Uh, skating with Charlie McAvoy uh, last night, um, you know, against with some NHL players in that lineup. Uh, and I, they have matched him up against the other team's best players pretty much every time he's been out there. Uh, for at least portions of the game. And, you know, I, I, for him and for the Bruins, I feel like they're looking much more at the defensive aspects of the game with him to see if he's ready oh, yeah. to handle that kind of stuff rather because they know the puck moving, the power play stuff. Like offensively, I think he's going to be able to make an impact once he gets his confidence. You can see the skill. You can yeah. see even though he's not the fastest skater, his edges are really good. And he's he's clever about the way he can get the puck up the ice. He's good at first pass. And, you know, all that stuff that you want to see out of a defenseman like him. I feel like it's already there. Um, And it's apparent just how much better he is moving the puck than say a guy like Brandon Carlo, when they're both out there in a pairing together and you see the two of them sort of in the way they're, they're moving the puck up and the way they're working together. Um, But just Lari has much more natural ability to improvise. Yes. A hundred percent. And if there's one thing a team loves to build with is a player who can improvise the transition, a defenseman. Um, that can change your team. And McAvoy is one of those players. Uh, Lindholm has shown that he can be that kind of player at, in a different kind of style. Uh, and uh, and Lowry seems to have the, the seeds for it. Uh, he's got this um, ability to he, – he told me at development camp that his, his main focus was uh, closing on players quick, more quickly yep. and learning to shut them down better. I thought yeah, I saw killing, a killing, good... killing plays at the blue line before they even get in the zone. Yeah. Know? Right. I mean, if that's your system, you know, I mean, to, to, if there's an opportunity to close out, then, then you do it more aggressively. And that's really, you know, from the more or less uh, meter he's, he's uh, I thought that was good. I think he's been good throughout camp that way. I've been pretty pleased with what I've seen from him from a defensive standpoint. I didn't really know what to expect because if you watched an Ohio state game, this guy was basically just, getting the puck and doing whatever he wanted to do and, and, and making plays happen. And then because the game was so end to end and so helter skelter at times that you didn't really get a sense of how he could play within a better structure. And this provides that. And he looks to me like he's picking up uh, very quickly. And I feel like he's, he's a guy who makes me feel like he's going to keep getting better as he goes here, which is great news for the Bruins because he's certainly got, top four defensemen written, written all over them, uh, you know, down yeah. the road here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I mean, I I feel like he's going to, even though he's looked like if, if they needed him, he could be NHL ready right now. I feel like I, I've seen that already out of him to this point. I certainly felt like he was the most NHL ready prospect at development camp this summer. Uh, and he's, you know, everything I've seen out of him against NHL competition has not you know, uh, driven that thought, that thought out of my head to this point. 
but I still think the the plan with him, the the best way uh, to go about development wise going forward with him is to still let him go back to Providence for a month oh, yeah. or two at the very least, get more experience in all situations, get more acclimated to the pro game, even than he did with his handful of games that he played last year. And then once he's, you know, already a few months mid season, maybe he gets call ups because of, uh, you know, injuries, whatever. But when he's ready to be permanently called up, then you have a chance to to make a decision that's going to help your organization, you know. And I really feel like, you yeah, know, maybe I, maybe if the three quarter poll, he could be a player that they feel like they can bring up, plug in permanently, or and even move, the half, uh, move even some the salary. Mark. Absolutely. And, yeah, I think I, I'm not quite as confident that, and because I feel like there's more ebb and flow to that process. And I also look at guys like Johnny Boychuk. They they let them they let them bake an entire season down there. You yep. know they they let these guys when you feel like oh this guy's good he could tell yeah. you. And I felt the same way about a guy, a different kind of player altogether. But you feel like a certain player is kind of ready to help them in certain ways, and and uh, and then they'll let them play another whole season. Like, yeah, I, I think the the situation with the Bruins, I feel like uh, the best way to play it is if you're gonna bring up Mason Lowry when he's ready, right? I fully I suspect that Matt Grizzlick would be the guy, a guy that maybe get get may get moved if uh Lowry ends up getting brought up. Well, he's wearing the bullseye. And yeah. and the thing and is, it is in him, well, the, the longer you wait to move a guy like Grizzlick, the less you're going to get back in trade. And I feel like a guy like Grizzlick definitely has value, especially for teams that need puck moving defensemen. That is going to be a good way to recoup some of the draft picks that you've traded away, recoup prospects that you don't have because you have a low-rated prospect system a way to get some assets back that you have dealt away traditionally over the last couple of years so i do think it may be a little earlier than you might suspect because there's another domino to fall when mason lowry comes up barring you know injuries being the reason that happens so i I think that's going to be a really interesting situation to watch but the thing i really like about that even though love matt grizzlick as a person really like him as a player like his puck moving abilities you know, appreciate what he's done for the Bruins in his time here. Obviously, love his whole family, Charlestown oh people. You know, you can't, like wrong, you, you, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong there. Well, no, but but I hey, also I traded I traded Grizz a few times. The the other side of that coin, though, Mick, is that Mason Lowry is six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. You know, you want you have looked at defensive cores over the last few years that have eliminated you in the playoffs if you're the Bruins consistently. Because they are 6'2", 6'3", 210, 220 pounds. And the Bruins water bugs cannot get inside on them. No, across yeah. the board on the back end, yeah. they are trees. And they keep yeah. you away from the net. And, I and think if their trees can skate, then that really makes them dangerous. Absolutely. And that's what Lowry is. And yes. so, so yeah, you have an opportunity to upgrade uh, your long view that way, then you got to take it. Especially when you're not in the middle of screwing up uh, a Stanley Cup run here you know, by trading the veteran for the, for the rookie, you know, yeah. you, you, uh, you know, in order to give the rookie his opening, it's, it's more like, uh, especially on defense. Um, it, it's, it's more a place where, uh, you have, you're in the exact situation to, to play this out. I, I mean, let's face it. I don't know if floorboard has the mobility to play a matchup in a top four in a playoff series. Right. We didn't no. see it. Well, last year I know it was a little bit of an asterisk because he was coming off injury and that was his first hockey in a long time. Uh, Grizz, we know that in certain matchups, physical opponents in the playoffs, uh, he gets ragdolled if yep. the puck's in Boston's end. 
So yeah. uh, he's terrific going back to get it and making a play. Uh, but but that is that's most of hockey, but it's not the most critical moment either. So uh, you know it's it's one of those things. It's a little like Krug. He didn't have grizzly speed, but he had a little more ability and with a stick and uh, you know th- well, offensively speaking. Yeah, um, power play wise, uh, certainly. Yep. Yeah. So I, you know, so I really, uh, you know, he's more physical than Grizz, but, but, but even so, um, when you have a guy who's, he's taken up a amount of cap space, the projection was a situation that you don't want to live with long-term because it's getting too big for what he can do for you at certain points at the end when it's time to pay the piper. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the, on the long view of this. I just don't know if I'm as confident about the timeline. Yeah, the NHL has changed. Um, you know, the the it's changed to the point where young, def- uh, smaller defensemen can survive in the league during the season. Um, they can have be really productive, good seasons. Like there are much, there are more Krug Grizzly type defensemen in the league now than certainly there were twenty or thirty years ago. And I think it's going to continue uh, to be that way, where smaller players are are having more success in the league just virtue of it being a speed skill game much more than a a physicality game during the regular season. But like, as we've seen that changes in the playoffs, guys like Grizzlick and Krug can get exploited defensively in the playoffs consistently and have a hard time staying healthy in the playoffs consistently. And I don't think that's going to change because it's a different game in the playoffs than it is during the regular season still for the NHL in in the playoffs. I think Claude Julian got a, I think Claude Julian got a bad rap when it came to playing the kids. Yep. He left Tory Krug in when Wade Redden was ready and Tory Krug had that amazing series against Lundquist and the Rangers. In the I second. remember. Yep. But when he got to the book, when they were playing them against Chicago, you know, like game five, uh, Chicago did, a, it was a line change and Chicago set a trap in the middle of the ice and Krug uh, played the puck into it and, and Chicago scored. And, yep. and that was the game. And, and you play, you live and die with what with the sword you choose, and and that was what Julian chose. And and uh, going forward, even though you know uh, they knew they had a player for the future, and he had an amazing series against the Rangers. Uh, and but but at the end of the line there, um, yeah, uh, I didn't think that that was the right move. And um, I'm not saying that would have worked out if if it happened the way I wanted to see it happen, but. Um, but I, but it turned out not to be the right move. All right. Uh, we do not have, uh, still do not have a sponsor for our Twitter question of the week. So people get in contact with guy near at CLNS, uh, and let's get a sponsorship for the Twitter question of the week here at the pucks with eggs podcast. Um, but here it is, um, from totally Wilma on Twitter, WM, uh, why is Luke Toporowski cut from training camp already? And uh, I will let you have a crack at this, Mick. But basically, bottom line is uh, the one preseason he get, ha- game he had, he did not look anywhere near NHL ready. He really struggled. And yeah, that's Buffalo. true. Yes. When you when you get sent down pretty quickly, uh, when you're among the first cups, cuts at NHL camp, some of it is just a, a numbers game. But oftentimes it also is because you just, you know, you struggled mightily. So they send you down pretty quickly. Buffalo had a lineup that was a lot like Boston's last night, um, yep. um, which is Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so the Bruins yeah. Flyers home game, the Boston's lineup. H. Was Thompson Buffalo. was out there. That's uh, right. Skinner was out there. Yeah. Allen played. I yep. mean, they they had a, they had some of their horses in that game. And uh, and Toporowski, I can't even remember what the matchups were, 
but I do remember he was a bit of a hot mess. And, you know, yeah. there were things that just didn't go his way. Some of it was puck luck. Some of it was kind of like, oops, bad decision. And, yep. and now I look, you know, now that's like, I look like I'm, you know, Lucy in the chocolate factory here, you know? So <laughs> uh, it's yeah. just not, you know, it, it was, it was kind of like on one hand, you hate like heck to take a guy and assign him after a, in a performance, a game like that, where it can sound so much like a, yeah, well, you're not an age. You know, it's, you, nobody wants to be judged that way. And so that's a bitter pill for him. And, and, uh, but you know, the kids, the kid can skate, uh, but his speed didn't look effective in that game, even when he had the puck. So, yeah, yeah I think, I think that, uh, yeah. Good I mean, he, got, he got an NHL, NHL two-way, he got an NHL two-way deal this off season. So clearly they like him. And yeah. uh, every report I had out of Providence last year was very positive about him. And he's a max effort kind of player that also has some offensive skill and can do a lot of things. Right. Uh, so it was, it was disappointing after I'd heard so much about him in Providence to see the way that he played. And it, was like, a t- it was a tough game. But I also feel like a kid like that is going to be able to bounce back. You know, uh, everything I hear about his makeup and who he is as a player, I think he's going to be fine. Right. And right. he will bounce and, back from it. So I think this will end up being, you know, a positive thing because he's going to pick himself up and he's going to be even better the next time it happens. It's just let's face it with this lineup that the Bruins have and all the free agents they signed one, one, one year, one million, one year, one million. This is not the end of the line for guys who get no, sent to Providence. Not at all. Uh, there, there's there's if you know, I mean, the more movement that worse the team's playing, the worse the, bad, the worse the situation, the season is starting to look. I get yep. that part. But. Uh, they're there for opportunities and they may still get them. We'll see. All right, Mick, tell people one more time where they can uh, read your stuff. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Sure. Uh, Rink, Rink Wrap blog is back in business. It's an independent thing. And at the URL is Rink Wrap. Wrap is just R-A-P, not W-R. It's not like shrink wrap. So it's Rink Wrap, M-C as in my initials, dot com. All right. Mick, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to thank our sponsors one more time. Factor Meals, Meals America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, ready in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com and use uh, slash HAGS50 and use the code HAGS50 to get 50% off. And also let's uh, thank uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. $200 in bonus bets right now, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Uh, you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, all kinds of stuff. You can just continue to bet that the, uh, the Patriots are going to lose every week. That's what I do, and I've been a rich man uh, <laughs> making that betting against the Patriots and Mac Jones and Belichick right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and, and get right in the middle of the NFL action. Mick, one more time, thank you very much. I'm Joe Haggerty, your host. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the ring.